Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Great news. Rita's brought back their delicious and refreshing Ocean Splash Italian Ice. You're going to want to swim right in to enjoy this fabulous treat. Also perfect to try as both a shimmering mermaid and a yummy, gummy shark gelati. You can see the sea shiny, icy blue ice layered around Rita's award-winning creamy frozen custard and then topped off with either colorful mermaid sprinkles or gummy sharks. So head to Rita's quick as Ocean Splash Ice is available for a limited Limited time only. Ocean Splash Ice. Splish Splash Yum. Be cool. Go to Rita's. This episode is brought to you by Comcast Business. Whatever your day brings, they'll help you handle it with reliable gig speeds and advanced cybersecurity solutions. Every day in business is a big day. Comcast Business will keep you ready for what's next. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. Got to get out there and swing and ding it. Yeah, you know, just, uh, guess just going to go out there and try to swing it and ding it. All right, hello and welcome to Swing It and Ding It, an iHeartMedia podcast. This is Moose along with Harry Mays and Danielle Maslany for our 100th episode, Harry Mays. 100. Think about all the people we've had on, all the guests we've talked to, all the crazy stories that have come up. Now have Danielle on the team. She told us she knows Brad Faxon is actually true. And, uh. <laughs> You know, well, first of all, thanks to our sponsors. We still have Rita's Water Ice. Remember that Ocean Splash, you have to get it. It's only for a limited time. And Comcast Business, where every day in business is a big day. But today is a big day, right? When it's your when it's your 100th episode, you got to right. you got to bring in the big guns. And Harry, we have talked about Brad Faxon a, a long time on this podcast and have circled him on the short list of people that we would love to have on here. And he has graced us with his presence. Brad Faxon, welcome to Swing It and Ding It, man. I love this. Thank you. How long has it taken to get to 100 shows? So we, we started, um, it was actually myself and Brian Quinn, former, former pro player, uh, head coach at Temple, um, right before the pandemic. And it, it was literally the week before. And we're like, crap, what do we do? And then the world shut down. And then when the tour picked back up, we picked back up. And then Harry joined us. So it's, you know, it's been a couple of years, a couple of years. Nice. nice. Yeah. I'm honored. That's a big number. It's been it's been fun, man. It's been fun talking to a lot of different people. We always talk about the Philly courses and and the scene that that is Philly golf, which is massive, right? You know all the big courses that are here, but um, you know we love hearing from different people, getting different perspectives, and uh, it has to be somewhat satisfying for a guy like you when putting takes the center stage over driving the ball three hundred and fifty yards. It seems like right now. I have a, a lesson after this podcast with a, a young girl here. She's seventeen. She's a very good player. Olive Morano is her name, and her father and mother are from Philadelphia. But it's I crazy. Write, That's my uh, mom's maiden name, Morano. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you're related. But I wonder if I can use swing it and ding it when I try and help her today. I like can you that. do that for a putting stroke. Absolutely. I don't know if it helps with a putting stroke. I think it's yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. That's funny. I'm wondering if since this is the hundredth show, if I can get like some kind of discount on my Comcast. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll work on that. Okay. Yeah. 
for sure. But Brad, you know, you know me and you know my Philly roots. Um, so we, we do have to talk a little bit about Philly and the Philly courses. So I know you frequent Pine Valley and you love it there. But beyond PV, Philadelphia has some amazing courses. What are your favorite Philly courses? How many have you had the chance to play? Talk to me about those. Okay, so I was actually in Chicago yesterday. I was doing an outing, actually Monday, an outing for UBS. And I played Chicago Golf Club, which is one of the founding five clubs in America. And I told the, the guys that were from Chicago that Chicago would be in the conversation, very good conversation argument about the best golfing city in America. And those cities, the other competitors to me are um, – kind of Westchester area, uh, Long Island area, oh, yeah. and then Philadelphia. And it, it would be very hard to, to make a better city for golf than Philadelphia. I mean, Danielle, you mentioned Pine Valley, which technically is in Clementon, New Jersey, mm -hmm. but it's a five-minute yeah. ride. Uh, that would certainly count as part of Philly golf to me. Uh, Marion would be the other most well-known course there. But – I've been fortunate enough to play Philly Cricket Club, and there's three courses at Philly Cricket and great history at Philly Cricket. Uh, golf Mills is a great Donald Ross golf course that I've played. Um, I, I've played, uh, I think it's called uh, White Marsh. We played a yep. tournament at, um, I don't know if we can call Saucon Valley. Saucon Valley, if that gets in Philly. We take it. Valley, we'll take it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Aronimic, uh, I think he's. Aronimic, I've played. That's tremendous course. Gil Hans just did a renovation there. He designed a course called Applebrook that I've yep. played. Wow. He's a member at Applebrook. Um, what about Rolling Green? Played Commonwealth National. You might not even know that that's, that's a golf course. Um, uh, Moss, there's something out close to. We, we did the U.S. Mid Am at a 36 hole Tom Doak place. Um, outside the city a little bit. Stonewall. Stonewall. There are yeah. two good courses Harry Mays there. is good, man. Harry Mays yeah. is yeah. good. Great. And then um, Gil Hans did another course right next to Stonewall that we played. French Creek. French Creek. And I'm a member a there. Sleeper good course. Yes. Um, so many, so many hidden gems. It's crazy. And, and what I heard, too, is is there's a, a, a project going on right now. Gil Hans, again, is going to take these two courses, I think in part been municipal or city courses that Hugh Wilson, the original founder of Cobbs Creek. Married. Yeah. Cobbs Creek. Yes. They got some private money to do that. And maybe we had those that. guys on a while yeah. back and they had, they had some hiccups, but they, uh, they're, they're pushing f through them. So yeah. it's, it's, amazing. it's going to be exciting for the city. And, and I know that. So I've also heard that rolling green. Yep. Some people say that's the second. Fantastic. Best Philadelphia. We Playing there play. on Monday in an outing. Can't wait. Fantastic. It is a fantastic place. It really is. All right. One more. Have you played? I, I might butcher how you say it. Lanark or Lanark? Lanark. Lanark. Oh, that's tremendous, too. Tom Doak's team just did Lanark. I just saw some pictures of that. So, I mean, you got some pretty good stuff there that take you all summer to play all those. Places. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. Lynx Gems posted manufacturers today, and I got a oh, text yeah. from my buddy in Washington, D.C. He's like, hey, have you ever played this course? This looks crazy. That hole that, hole that goes the down. The quarry hole. The yeah. quarry hole. Another, yeah. another really cool course. Wait, is manufacturers not in Philly, though, is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right outside. Oh, I thought that was a Jersey place. Yeah, PA, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, actually like Fort Washington, I believe, is technically where mm -hmm. it is. That so. looked 
those pictures look great. That links him. He's a great follow. Yeah, he is. We've had him on too. Oh yeah. Yeah, Philly yeah. guy. Yep. Yeah, he's a Philly guy. Well, Brad, obviously, you know, you're a putting guru. You're a you're a, a coach to to many of the players on the tour, and you've been working with Rory. Uh, you're part of Team Rory. What was it like? On Sunday, you watching the Open, tell us where you were and what, what is that like, you know, of, you know, sort of grinding over every stroke because you're now, you know, you're part of the team and you're invested in his, uh, his success. Yeah, I, I told a lot of people that it's harder, much harder coming from this coaching side, watching golf than it is ever was playing. Like, you know, the nerves that you have watching something we have absolutely zero control. Uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm so impressed by what Cam Smith did and how well he and how good he looks when he putts and how confident he is. Uh, I also was so impressed with how Rory played and putted the first three days. And if you follow statistics on the PGA Tour, um, there's a guy named Lou Stagner. Stagner works for Scott Fawcett a decade. Stagner posted something that was incredible because Rory hit all 18 greens, the largest greens these players will ever, ever see. And he two-putted every hole. And Stagner said the chance, the percentage of him two putting <laughs> was minus 1.5%. So it's absolutely incredible from the distances, you know, you have some putts from 60, 70, 80 feet that he never three putted. Um, I, I could show you, and you've probably seen it if you watch all those stuff on social media that I see, how many of his putts burn the edge. Uh, and I think Rory's staying over in England now for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and he's got a three week break, but I'm sure he didn't sleep very well the first night. But I also think that there aren't many people that could go in the press room afterwards and talk like he did. And he's such an impressive person. Uh, and he's, you know, he's, he's eighth on tour, eighth or ninth in, in putting statistics. And if Rory McIlroy stays in the top 50, and putting, he's going to be the best player in the world. He doesn't need to be eighth, but it's just kind of cool to see the transition of how good he's gotten. What did you see from from Cam Smith? I mean, it, what jumped out about his, you know, setup approach? What what he does with that putter? I mean, we've seen it on display, but it just seemed to be at a different level this weekend. Yeah, I mean, he set the record on on Friday with two hundred. I think it was two hundred fifty three feet of putts total in one round, which was a PGA Tour record since they've been keeping stats. Uh, it, it's hard to imagine if you think about that, if, if any, anybody that listens to this podcast can go and kind of measure the amount of putts they make in, in a typical round. And, you know, that w- would include the tap in putts that you might have from a foot or two feet. So you got to count those. Um, and then think of 250 feet and then think maybe you don't even have 250 feet worth of putts during <laughs> round. That's how many he made. Uh, absolutely, absolutely incredible. So, McElroy said something about the work that we've done a few um, months back in a press conference. He said, look, most of the stuff that we do, uh, 90% of it is before I got my dog playing with (laughs) It's before he hits the putt. It's situational. It's reading the green. It's uh, pre-shot routine. When I look at Cam Smith, I don't think he looks like 
the best putter that ever lived standing over it. I mean, if you wanted to get really technical, his hands are really low. That shaft is flatter than most. His hands are closer to his thighs than you see. I mean, I like to see a player when you're looking down the line that both the forearms and the shaft plane are online. He almost looks like he tries to, to help the putt a little bit. It's like to, there's a lot of closure or um, rotation of that face, which I think a lot of great putters do. Ben Crenshaw, for sure. I did that a lot. Tiger always talked about shutting the face, but he just looks organized. He looks comfortable. Confidence comes from having both of those things inside. And, you know, I've been teaching a little bit uh, amateur golfers now, and there's no question in my mind, the biggest difference um, is the pace of a player's stroke. Most amateur golfers take the putter back way too slowly. Uh, they take it back short and have a long follow through. And if you look at Cam Smith, the pace of his backstroke is fast. The pace of his uh, follow through is still fast. And he stops his stroke sometimes a lot shorter than his backswing. And I would say that is something that I really like in a good player's putting stroke. I wonder how many guys are going to have their hand on their left thigh as they set up like Cam Smith did. Or, uh, how many weekend warriors are going to be doing that on the, uh, on the putting greens around the local courses? <laughs> right. And, you know, the other thing Paul Azinger said is when you watch Cam Smith, the last time he looks at the hole is, is kind of a, a longer look than most. You know, he, he almost looks like he's looking at the hole for three or four seconds before his eyes come back to the ball. But one of the things I preach and I like is once his eyes come back to the ball, that putter's away. He's not going through a checklist of how to do this. He's keeping that picture of where he wants the ball to go in his mind. Brad, what is uh, the most common flaw that you found with uh, like weekend warriors, as Moose mentioned, wh when it comes to putting? So, first of all, weekend warriors don't spend enough time putting. They don't practice putting. They don't have instruction, really. So, I mean, I mean, the simple things like having some kind of a setup that looks fundamentally correct, I, I would say as we've gotten more advanced with all the technologies in the game of golf and club fitting has gotten really important. Nobody gets fitted for a putter. Uh, the tour players have access, you know, having a guy like Scotty Cameron when you're on the Titleist team, being able to make sure the putter's right, the loft is right, the, the lie is right, all that stuff. You take that element out of the equation so you can't fault that. Um, I, I just, I see players show up, uh, and members of Jupiter Hills say where I teach, they're all over the map. Uh, heavy putters, light putters. Um, a lot of times, if you have a married couple, the husband gives the wife the putter that he doesn't use anymore, and you know he's eight inches taller than her, but it's the same length putter he would use. You know, there's a mismatch of things like that. And I, I start my lesson, especially a first lesson, with look, let's take out anything that might be a red flag. If I see a putter that's way too heavy, I'll measure everybody's putter. If I see something that I, if I've never seen a putter on tour, I tell them, look, you can't just be an inventor and take something out of your closet and expect to putt well. Let's use something that most people use. That, that's kind of where I start. Hmm. So, Brad, this is kind of in relevance for this next question. I'm going to take it back to Philly again. The 118th Open Championship, it's a gap major. It's underway right now at Philly Cricket. So in addition to that, we have like golf season in full swing in the area. It's club championship season, member guest season. For anyone that's listening um, who may have a club championship coming up or any type of golfer, they're going to feel 
some type of pressure where they find themselves coming down the stretch, trying to close it, trying to close it out, like trying to perform under some type of pressure. Let's have help them out with some sound advice. When you were coming down the stretch, like how were you able to keep your composure performed? So so for club golfers, when they go play away and and they have a big member guest or a big member member, and I know the gap is a great organization there in Philadelphia. Um, a good friend of mine, Brad Ball, who you know, just went up to play a member guest on the Cape at Eastwood Ho. And he's a, he was a former professional golfer, and he was given a lot of shots. And he made the comment that, and, and I th- thought this was pretty interesting from a guy that's a very good player. He, he, was, he started trying to do stuff that he normally would never do because he's in a member guest. He's trying to impress people. Uh, he was playing higher handicaps where he was given a lot of strokes. He, so he started pressing and doing things differently. And, you know, I, I think the, the tendency is most people want to try too hard. Most people want to get to the course earlier than they ever have in their life. Um, they try and hit these miracle shots uh, and, and they have no clue what they're doing. Uh, they get more nervous for, for putts uh, that they have to make when there's pressure on them. So, I mean, it's hard to do this and it's easy to say this, but just stay within kind of your limits or your boundaries. Don't start trying stuff you've never done in your life. Uh, don't take longer because you're playing in a, a meaningful event. And uh, I think, look, you, you, you got to try and at least enjoy yourself, right? I mean, I, I, I see so many mem- uh, friends that play in these member guests. And they get done on Saturday or Sunday afternoon. They can't wait to go back to work where they don't have to worry about golf. <laughs> Brad, it might be good to talk about that. The, the young boy, I think he's like seven or eight years old, Dylan, and what comments he made after he performed well last weekend. Oh, you're talking about the kid who said. Um, low level of importance. Low level of importance. Now, first of all, I wouldn't have known what that meant when I was eight years old. <laughs> Father's a doctor. Uh, this kid was playing in Louisiana and he must have watched um, some kind of podcast or some kind of post we put out there, Danielle. Um, when I was making a, a comment about uh, Webb Simpson, you know, when Webb Simpson won the playoff against Tony Finau two years ago at Waste Management in Scottsdale, uh, he said, I try to make every shot I hit have the same low level of importance when I play. And he said, whether it's on the third hole on a Thursday or that final putt on Sunday, I try to treat every putt the same. Now, look, that's great. If you can do that, it's hard to do. And, you know, when we talked about what's the big difference between professional golfers and amateur golfers, I mean, really the time that professional golfers should have spent over their lifetime practicing, but practicing things like that, the low level of importance are hard to do if you don't play a lot of golf. Um, and for this kid at that age, to have that sort of maturity, God bless him. I, I never had something like that in my life, but that was a I pretty. I don't cool have one. that maturity, Brad. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> hey, Brad, uh, what goes through your mind when you start seeing some of these great, talented young players on the tour in their mid to late 20s, you know, maybe using longer shafted putters and using all these crazy grips and stuff? You're like, man, oh my God, this guy's 26 years old and he's already putting, you know, with this wacky grip. Like, give me an hour with this guy. I can fix him. Do you think things like that? Or are you just like, hey, it works for them. Just let them alone. I think sometimes when I look at, and you know, you could go, you know, you say in your late 20s, I, I think golf has been in such a great space. You know, when, when a year ago as Tiger's starting to say, I'm going to play at the Masters, you've got these young guns, obviously, Rory, but 
Justin Morikawa, Shoffley, uh, Hovland. I mean, you, you can go down, there's a Scheffler, and you, you go, man, this is just packed with talent. Um, his speeds come back. Golf is in such a great spot. And, and then when you see a guy like Morikawa go to a saw grip and a guy that's won two majors, one of the earliest ages like Tiger and Rory, I, I don't understand that. And I'm trying to get better as a tee. I got so much to learn. Um, how just let's go change in the grip. And it, it seems to me that those things, they start off as something temporary. Let, let's try this and see if it works. And it changes their mindset a little bit. Maybe if I do something weird, I can think a little bit differently or swing it freely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, and you talk about alternative styles. Nobody's crazier than Bryson DeChambeau. Right. Uh, with what he does with that left arm lock and how upright <laughs> that putter shaft is. You know, the USGA um, mandates that you have to have 80 degrees or less of a lie angle. And he's, he's pushing the, the limit. He's right at 80. Then he even makes it more upright. So he has to have less opening and closing of the face. Um, and, and you'll love this. I asked him at the British show at the British show, the U S open this year, what he, does he line the ball up a certain way? Does he use that? If he draws a line over the equator of the ball, it's a pretty long one. And he said that I never have heard this. Now I'm getting on 61 years old, uh, <laughs> almost as old as your podcast. Uh, so uh, I, he said he tries to hit the flat spot of the back of the ball. So he doesn't want to hit the face on the dimple. And I go, what? Oh my God. <laughs> I hate the flat spot. And he said, have you ever, and you guys, I know you'll try this. <laughs> if you've ever taken a golf ball and bounced it on a smooth, firm surface and just bounce it, it'll keep bouncing straight up and down until it starts hitting on the side of the dimple and the ball will stop bouncing straight up and down. And, and he said the impact of the putter face on the side of a dimple is the reason why putting statistics haven't gotten better. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> so putting stats for 20 years now from Shotley. You, you could make an argument that they really haven't changed for the better that much, where all technologies are better, right? Golf ball's better, putters are better, agronomy is way better. So you should be making more of these, but he said the ball comes sideways off the face if you don't hit it on the flat spot of the ball. And I've never heard anybody say that. Um, and I, I told a few other players that and they just rolled their eyes. That's Bryson beating Bryson. But, um, you know, everybody's trying to find an edge. He must be looking for a smooth, use a smooth ball. Get that uh, with, with no dimples. Uh, yep. now, amazing. Whatever golf ball you use, you know, I'm a Titleist user. Bryson, I think, was, was a bridge. Was well, bridge, though. Yep. yep. Um, and I know... Uh, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brandon's a, a strict sign guy. Start bouncing some of these balls and do that little experiment. See if it starts bouncing sideways. 
Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Well, listen, make sure you're following at B Faxon and obviously YouTube, Brad Faxon official to learn a lot more about this. You get just the facts, by the way, when you do that. And you're talking about uh, eight time PGA Tour winner, two time PGA Tour champion winner, uh, led the tour in putting average 96, 99, 2000. Ryder Cup, 95, 97. We'll talk about that a little bit because of the Henrik Stenson announcement. But when you put out your top 10 list of putters, how much crap did you get for that? Oh, oh man. <laughs> we got you know, um, first of all I, I i've been inspired by somebody's list of something in golf and it was probably something shambly does who's actually he's not spontaneously does that uh he does his research he does his homework on that and mine was really um based on the players i played with that i thought were great putters or that already had that reputation on the list and and I did it on a yellow pad. It was probably later at night. It probably had a tequila involved. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I, it's not far off. And then when I got to 10, I'm like, okay, so I teach Rory. If I don't put him in the list, that's probably stupid. But if I put him in the list, everybody's going to give me a lot of crap. <laughs> um, and then, Can't win. <laughs> then there were also so many others that are great potters. And look, I didn't put down, my rules for what I consider a great putter, because you could have a great putting season. Um, right. You know, do we know whether Jason Day and Jordan Spieth are great putters yet? They have been kind of sporadic, inconsistent. They've had great seasons of putting, but that needs to span over some duration. And um, I added maybe eight or nine alternates on that, type, <laughs> including Rory. And that got the most backlash, but he won the next week. So I thought that maybe made me a better instructor. <laughs> uh, and then I saw one response from LPJ player. I think it was Morgan Pressel. Oh, there's no women in here. I'm like, uh -oh. oh, no, and especially today, right? <laughs> yep. uh, I didn't specify best PGA Tour players uh, as, as the list, which is all I was doing. I'm not an expert on the, the women. I, I, and I'm like, oh, God. The so, beauty of social media. Yep. I, um, <laughs> I, I got roasted for that, but... Look, I think that having lists like that are fun to discuss, to debate. Uh, certainly gets thrown around there. People make comments about it. Um, and I, I got it. I don't know if I want to do another one of those lists like that. But I, I couldn't even, if I had to name the top 10 best putters on the LPJ Tour, I'd be lost. I, I don't know who I'd put down. I would put down Nancy Lopez because she was a Hall of Famer. Annika certainly had to be one of the best as well, but I, I'd have to really look hard to say that. But I, I could say pretty confidently with those top 10 of the men that I put on there, you, you're not going to convince me that those guys didn't at least deserve, deserve to be in there or close. Well, Moose and Danielle, you know you're a great putter when people are actually stealing your putters. And I know that you've had a couple lifted, Brad, back in the day, even going back to your old bullseye putter, uh, a couple of decades ago, and you had a uh, one of your Scotty Fax stay uh, stolen too. How how did all that play out? Yeah, well, growing up in Rhode Island, I was a half an hour away from Titleist headquarters, and it, it was called the Akushnet Company because of the Akushnet River, which is the actually river where the boats used to bring the balada up the river. It was a rubber company as well, um, and we used balada that came from South America, which not, is not even a material in a golf ball anymore. But every piece of equipment in the pro shop at Rhode Island Country Club was an 
club. It was a bullseye putter, which was uh, along with Ping, most used putter. Um, and I used a variety of different bullseyes as a junior and as a college player and in my first couple of years on tour. And I had this one version of a flanged bullseye that had my name written in script on the back of a flange of the putter. And I don't know, this was five or six years ago, I was in the Delta Crown Room at Atlanta Airport just waiting for a connection. Very happy, you know, you get in that situation where you're reading your book or you're doing some stuff, you don't want anybody to bug you. <laughs> Guy comes up and says, hey, are you Brad Fax? And he's questioning the question. And I'm like, oh, I, I wanted to say no, but he said yes. He was very polite, very nice. He goes, I got your putter now. I'm like, oh yeah, sure you got my putter. And I, I started my PJ Door career living in Orlando in my second year on tour. Um, out of the Orlando airport, my bullseye had gotten lifted. So this guy goes into this whole thing. I found a putter of mine in, at a flea market. It, he, he, um, it had my name on it. I was, I was like, I'm sure, like, what is he talking about? <laughs> now I'm thinking, here he goes. He wants me to, you know, give him some money to get this putter back. And I go, where'd you find it? He goes, it was in a barrel. I said, how much do you pay for it? I'm thinking, here we go. He goes, you got it for 10 bucks. Wow. <laughs> said, oh, my God. He goes, I'd love to send it back to you. And I said, well, I'd love to have it. I'm not even sure which putter you're talking about. And he goes, all right, I'll send you uh, the putter. And I don't want anything in return. He was so gracious. Wow. He sent it back to me. It was that putter that was lifted in 1984. And um, I got that back. I sent him a brand new Scotty Cameron uh, just as a thank you. Wow. Uh, and I think I've had one other putter lifted. And I have my, I always talk better when I have my game <laughs> um, here. But one of my, you know, Scotty Cameron was so great to make me so many different varieties of this putter. Uh, one of them got lifted one time and was, and this was, oh boy, would have been 10 or 15 years ago. It was on eBay for $10,000. Oh my God. Crazy. And we tried to, I had a friend of mine who went under his name and said, hey, I'll buy this off to you. The guy figured out quickly that I was involved in that and took it down. But hmm. any of the top players now, if you have a Scotty, a blade Scotty circle T with their initials or any of the custom stuff, whether it's 009 or GSS, uh, you can get a pretty fair price for those things. That's wow. pretty scary too. And you see all those bags in the airport in, yeah, uh, in England, like, I saw that this Oh my God. Can you imagine if, you know, and they, I heard that they weren't even letting people in to go get them. It was like a wow. advertisement for ship sticks. If there ever, yeah. if there ever was one, they should put that into their marketing because that that was absolutely crazy. Um, Brad, so you know, we know you you've had some experience with Mister Norman, right? You played in the Fred Meyer Challenge with him and won a couple times. What do you think about this? We have to talk about the state of golf today, right? There was an announcement this morning with Henrik Stenson. Um, where do you think this is all headed? And I'm sure you're asked about it a lot. And I'm sure it probably changes from day to day because of the news that breaks. But what do you think about just what's going on in general? I'm gutted by this, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say if you ask every single player when you were growing up, you, you had somebody that you liked, particularly, you know, Rory would say it was Tiger. I would have watched Jack. Um, one of those guys was a role model or an inspiration. And all you wanted to do was get out on the PGA Tour and play for titles, right? And, and the best players in the world get measured number one by major championships, number two by amount of titles won, player of the year. Um, it's really never been about a money list. And when, when you compare our sport to major sports, we've never been a, a, um, 
a team sport. We've never been owned by owners. We've always been self-employed um, and you could always choose your own schedule. And I think what separated us from other sports, you, know, you, you would hear constant bickering about these, some of these elite players that could sit on the bench, whether it was on the end of the bench in a basketball game or a baseball game where they're making tons of money and they might not even play, or if they, you know, didn't try hard in practice, the coach would, would sit them. I think in golf, one of the greatest things that, that equalizes the game is you could have the number one player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, you know, go on this tear that he's been on. And the next week, next week, he's always tied for first or tied for last with everybody else in the field. And I think people like that. I, I think they, they like that they're not getting these appearance fees to show up and play at these big events. Now, all of a sudden we get this Saudi Arabian money that's endless money, $500 billion in their sports fund um, with a player that was a great player, Greg Norman, maybe the biggest underachiever that ever played the game, won two majors, 20 events on the PGA Tour, countless events internationally, uh, reputation worldwide for being a great player. I mean, a, a spokesman for the game, uh, made a lot of money off the course, you know, particularly because of the things he did in golf uh, and, and a prolific golf course designer. I don't mean prolific in great courses, but um, because of his international name, he, he's been doing golf courses all across the world. Um, probably had a conversation with some of the Saudis. I haven't talked to him about it. Um, and a, a guy that, came up with an idea for world golf championships back in the early nineties, not working with the PGA tour uh, at the shark shootout. He announced the schedule. I was in that room with Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, Freddie couples, Nick price, Greg's best friend. Uh, and he, he came up with this concept for seven events that were going to be uh, small fields, big purse network. He never said the network. He never said the uh, company that was going to sponsor this and not one player, not one. I was sitting in that room. I remember like it was yesterday. And Arnold spoke first, said, Greg, if you don't have the PGA Tours approval, I don't think this is a good idea. Jack said the same thing. Nick Price got teary-eyed, said the same thing. I came from Rhodesia, he said. I thought I, I had a great life playing the African, South African tour. Then I went to Europe, never thought it could get better. Then I came to America, played the PGA Tour in 1994. Nick Price was the number one player in the world. He had won three majors in that quick span. He won 17 tournaments. And he was Greg's best friend, Greg's partner that week in the uh, Shark Shootout. And I was Freddie Couples' partner. I've said this in a few different podcasts. And, uh, I played with Freddie that in the next day we were paired with Greg and Nick and they didn't talk to each other the entire round. Wow. And that, that was the start of the end of their friendship. Uh, Greg used that as a vendetta to, to get back at the tour and um, this is a hostile takeover. This is not something he's doing in allegiance with any of the worldwide tours. And I get it. I get it. It's so much money. It's just life-changing money for so many people. Um, and, I, you know, if you looked at the, the players that have gone, they're not as many. Most of them are foreign guys. Most of them are past the peak of their career. I mean, to, to snag an up-and-coming guy like a Taylor Gooch, an American guy like that, to get Kepko, who's a four-time major winner, who a few years ago said, no way, I'm doing that. A few months ago. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. I, I, I certainly get the money part. Um, I wish there was an easy solution to this. I don't know that 
I don't know if the strategy of <clears throat> banning these players for the rest of their lives is a good strategy. Um, it's a forceful strategy. Is it enforceable? I don't know. Um, I, I just think, like I said at the start of the show here, we were in such a great place um, with Tiger coming back. Um, and then, you know, things started going downhill with the rumors of this Saudi money, Phil Mickelson's kind of implosion. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just got a black mark in the, in the game. And to see Bryson go, Reed go, Kepka go, Dustin Johnson. Uh, and then the rumors if Cam Smith goes, that could be a tipping point. Mm -hmm. Now, so Brad, just talking about that, saying on the same topic, what are some changes that you think the PGA Tour can do to help improve and stop additional players from going on? You know, is it more time off? Is it increased purses as we've already seen Jay do? What do you think the tour can do to try to stop this? Well, I, I think if anything, I'd like to see them more communicate um, to, the, to the fan base because the fans are confused. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 I I've read quotes from players. Patrick Reed said he, he had to play so many events being a member of the PGA Tour. He played 30 or 31. That's by choice. Pat Perez said the same thing. I had to play the FedEx Cup event. My wife was having a baby. I couldn't even get home for the birth of the child. He could have taken a private plane if he wanted to. Um, and so that's wrong. And then if Norman and the Saudis are saying, hey, this is a free agency. You can do what you want. Why did Graham McDowell from Ireland not play the Irish Open. He had to be in Portland, Oregon. So is he really a free agent if they're signing contracts to get this money up front? Uh, and, and then I, 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 if you're gonna look at this thing long-term, you, you saw me and Schwartzel and Oosthuizen left. They lost some of their contractual dollars immediately. Uh, will the equipment companies like a Titleist pay these players when they go and they're nowhere to be seen. They're not on network. And I know that um, these agents now are calling their, the sponsors and saying, what, what's going to, what's going to come out of this. And, and Titleist isn't going to pay that full boat that players were getting if they were required to play a minimum of 20 events uh, that were on network TV. And now all of a sudden, Hey, maybe they'll get to play in the four majors or a few other events. That money's going to get cut. Uh, seriously. And then I know this seems like a, a lifelong string of money to come out for these players, but at some point I would think the Saudis have to go, we need a return on investment for our money to make this make sense. Or are they just like, I think the best explanation I heard from this is look, uh, Saudi Arabia is an oil rich company. Uh, they've supplied oil all around the world with, um, it made billions and trillions of dollars. And, and now, maybe 30, 40 years from now, the world's not driving as many gas cars. Oil's not as uh, needed as it was. 30 or 40% of people might be driving electric. Are they saying, look, we've, we've got a, uh, a reputation of maybe being dirty is the right word. I don't know. Um, hey, let's play nicely now. They've just lifted the, Iranian, uh, the Saudi Arabian airspace, so now, neighboring countries can fly over their country. They have Formula One, they had a European tour event, they have other sports going there. And maybe this is a way just to look better in the rest uh, eyes in the rest of the world. 
Well, speaking of network television, you did uh, uh, some golf with Fox years ago. Uh, did you enjoy it? And uh, I see David Ferretti is going to live and uh, NBC might have an opening. Any desire to get back in? I thought you were great. Well, thanks. No, the, the, the time with Fox was fantastic. And, uh, you know, we, we started off at Chambers Bay doing the first uh, our first, you know, U.S. Open there uh, on a course that maybe was a little controversial to start with. We were controversial. You know, you had Greg Norman as our lead analyst with Joe Buck, who had never done professional golf, who was fantastic. And he's a golf nut. But I mean, our team was built pretty quickly with a lot of people that had been in the golf business, us network broadcasting, Scott McCarron, Julie Inkster, Steve Flesh, later Paul Azinger, Brett Quigley, Shane Bacon, who was great to work with. Um, I enjoyed the heck out of that. Um, and I, I've been doing some stuff for Sky Sports recently, which is owned by NBC Comcast. Uh, I, I love that show, Randall's on with Rich Lerner live from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there might be some openings, and you know, Faldo's retiring. We know that he's done. Trevor Newman got the big chair there, so th- there's got to be some changes, and it'll be interesting to see with Liv if I saw some rumor you might have saw it, that AT and T might buy a team if they come out with this concept like Formula One, where there's going to be yeah eighteen team players. I have a hard time believing that AT and T, whose um, CEO Randall Stevenson is on the PGA Tour's policy board, and they're the longest standing sponsor at Pebble Beach, how could they actually buy a team and compete against themselves. I, I don't see that. And, you know, the rumors are rampant. Um, you know, some of these numbers flying around uh, as recently as three or four months ago, we saw Cam Smith's numbers at 25 million. We saw 90 million yesterday. I heard other people say he's up over a hundred million now. Um, Jeez. Yeah. It's, it's a wild world. It's it wild really is. It really is. And it's like every day you just wait to hear something else, right? That comes out and it's, it, it is so crazy because for so long it just seemed like, yeah, this might happen, but probably not. And then it just happened and it's, it's not going anywhere. But, uh, you know, when you look at the, the Ryder Cup, I think, you know, on the European side, I think it, it seems to be the biggest thing in the world for, um, for the European side, the, the Ryder Cup. So to see uh, Henrik get stripped of his captaincy and, you know, your experience on the Ryder Cup, I think, you know, the thinking was that would be something that would really make people think twice. But I guess there's so much money involved that they're not really thinking twice. But how do you see that with the with the international implications with the Ryder Cup stuff? I mean, you have a player like Henrik Stenson who's been – he's an open champion. Uh, big part of Ryder Cups in the past. I would say players, like I said before, looked up uh, – to their role models, who they were going to try and be like. And then I, I think a Ryder Cup captaincy would be something that every player, what a mm-hmm. feather in half for somebody's career at the end of the day. I mean, this guy was a Ryder Cup captain uh, in Italy, so it's in Europe. And to throw that all away in a second, I mean, why wouldn't you stay playing one more year? Why wouldn't you say, I can get that sweet the Saudi money after I did the Ryder Cup captaincy? Or do they think that maybe they're still going to be able to be the Ryder Cup captain someday? I don't know. It's a narrow window for the way these guys are chosen. I just, um, it's mind boggling to me that these guys would do it. But, you know, Stenson's in that window, right? He's in his 40s, not competitive now um, like he used to be. He's got young kids. 
and it's game-changing money. I, I get that whole thing, especially for that age group, Westwood, Poulter, even Sergio, sour grape Sergio. <laughs> I mean, it, it's wild. Um, you asked me about television and, and, and seeing Faraday go. Um, I, I think the argument that Randall uses, you know, that this is a dirty regime, you can't use that argument anymore. I mean, there's, there's atrocities all over the world. Uh, I, I'm just too much of a PJ Tour loyalist. Uh, Jay Monahan was my agent back in the day. Oh, wow. He was working for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, so we're really close. And mm. I, I, I don't know how he's sleeping at night. Mm. I, don't know how, I don't know how this ends in a good way. Yeah, I think this is a very early chapter and, um, you know, we'll be following it and, and seeing what happens. But I feel like there's something we're all missing. I don't know. There's some, there has to be something in these conversations that we're not hearing between Liv and these players that is just giving them some sort of uh, on top of the, the millions of dollars. I don't know. There, there has to be something we're missing in this. And I I'm, uh, can't wait to hear more about it one day from someone that will actually open up about it. Yeah, I mean, Tiger's words were pretty strong. Um, he, he stayed away from uh, anything sort of controversial or political in his career. And I don't know if that was aimed right at guys that have already gone or considering going. Uh, we've heard names thrown out there like Cam Smith, Joaquin Neiman, uh, other international players. And, and Tiger's opinion is pretty strong. And, you know, when he said, look, why would you, you wouldn't even be able to wake up and practice anymore if, if all you're going to do is play a three-round tournament with no cut. I mean, and you, you got this guaranteed money. It's just the antithesis of what the PGA Tour is all about. Yeah, does not make it exciting to want to watch watch that. But uh, Brad, listen, we know you have lessons to give. Um, we appreciate some of the little nuggets you gave us, right? Stay within yourself, right? I'm going to go back and listen to that and, and maybe even get a putter fitting, which I think I need. But make sure you're following at B Faxon and on YouTube, Brad Faxon Official. Uh, really appreciate you coming on with us, especially for our 100th episode. This is a big deal for us, so we really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Swinging it and dinging it. I'm going to try that with the putting list. You got it. We're going to send some of our merch down to you so you can rock it on the course. (laughs) Awesome. Great speaking to you guys. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you, Brad. We'll talk soon. All right, guys, let's pause real quick. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, and welcome back to Swing It and Ding It, episode 100. Um, man, you, you could hear the, the disappointment in, in oh, yeah. his voice. I mean, I'm it, gutted. It's oh, like, I'm, I'm gutted. gutted. Yeah. Right. Like, these, you know, the guys that have poured their heart and soul into this thing and have made a life out of it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is a guy who played at the highest level, and this is his life, right? Teaching people 
um, the history of the game and growing the game. Like he's really growing he, the right. game. He is oh, growing right. the game. Yeah. 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 They yeah. hear that, that cliche yep. all the time and it, you don't really know what it means from most people, but man, it, it is, it's nuts. It's wild. You have a guy who wins the open in an incredible fashion. And all we're talking about is, is he, is he leaving? Yeah. When's right? he leaving? How much is he getting? Yeah. Absolutely crazy. He said, he's like, I just won the open. He's like, leave me alone. Let my team decide that I'm trying to play golf. Right. And I took that as my team is deciding that I'm going to live. That's the way <laughs> I took that because we heard Brooks Kepka what, a couple of weeks ago, right. basically getting annoyed with people at the U.S. Open for throwing a dark cloud over it. 48 hours later, he's at live. Somebody yeah. posted today a screenshot of like six or seven of the guys that all said the same thing before they left. Yeah. Like my heart is with the PGA. It was literally like the same, same quote. Right. Absolutely crazy. But, the US Open. Yeah. 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 I don't hear about it. Yep. But, you know, it cannot take away from what was, to me, an absolutely incredible Open Championship. Um, you know, for the first time in a while, I, I, I sat down on my couch at 8 in the morning, and other than walking 15 minutes to grab lunch, I watched every second of that live, which is so, you know, now with social media, even if we DVR it, like, you kind of know the outcome. Mm -hmm. I was glued to it. I mean, I had Cam Smith a, a ticket, so that was nice. But, I mean just incredible you have a guy who has the entire world behind him basically being rooted yeah. for on every hole so cam smith probably feels like and the media he's the enemy and the media yeah <laughs> and that performance and brad talked about it was mind-boggling i mean yeah. you just expect the ball to go in the hole the second he brings the putter back it, it's automatic and you know it it was. It's a little tough to watch because it's hard to pick up the ball from squinting at the TV. Like, where's the hell's the ball in the fairway? But, oh, when it's running in the yeah. fairway and into the fescue <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but just some unbelievable performances um, all weekend, and what a setting! What a yeah. setting! It was really incredible, uh, Moose. And you know, I was captivated as you were. I'm sure Danielle was too. And uh, you know, to, to have a guy when after the the broadcast has told us every day, 15 times a day, that you can't come back on this golf course to win. Like nobody does. You, you set the pace and those guys win it. Uh, so to have Cam Smith birdie the first five holes of the back nine from 10 through 14 oh is just unprecedented oh stuff. And, you know, I thought Rory kind of got into a match play mentality with Victor Hovland from the, from the outset of the day where he's, he's staring down his only competitor that he really thought had a chance to beat him. And he's, managing his game he's not making any bad you know shots bogeys he birdied the par five fifth which everybody pretty much was but he let his opportunities go in the sixth through ten uh, spot you know where you got to make a couple he he needed to birdie nine you got to birdie the ninth hole oh yeah uh you got to birdie you know probably ten uh but there, there were some opportunities there th three he had a really good look at birdie and missed it uh, he didn't, you know, build up that reservoir of birdies because I don't think he really thought he had to. And all of a sudden you look up and wow, oh, Camp Smith just did what? <laughs> he's birdied his fourth hole in a row and now he's headed to the par five. I'm in trouble. And it's sometimes it's hard in any kind of sport to just hit the hit the switch. And I don't think he was really he, he wasn't able to do it. And I think and he it, got lulled to sleep a little bit because Cam didn't necessarily have the great, you know, he had an incredible, right. the, you know, you, you see him after nine, you're like, okay, well, right. I'm still, and then boom, just takes over. And the back was playing two shots harder than the front all week long. So you're thinking if you're Rory, like, like okay, well, I'm, I'm still good. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like birdie, 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 <laughs> birdie. And it's like, wow, he's got a par five in front of him. And like I got, I need to get going. And he just couldn't do it. So it was, it was an amazing thing to watch. It really was. It really was. Gets his third win of the season.
um, you know, so many storylines from the week, you know, you see some of the guys that, that come up on the leaderboard and some of the guys that fell off and, and missed the cut. Um, yeah. but it was, it, it was, it was incredible. Danielle, anything, uh, open wise for you that like just stood out or any storylines? We have to talk about tiger getting emotional while walking over the bridge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Standing. Oh, like that was just absolutely incredible. I even felt emotional seeing tiger, like wiping his tears and kind of pulling his hat down a little bit lower and just his comments afterwards and just the reception that he had. I mean, it's just amazing to see Tiger come back the way he ha- he has and to be out there. And I mean, he missed the cup, but really it, who cares? Nobody cares just to see him out there playing, seeing the reception he got. I mean, uh, that was special to me. That's what stood out for me. I mean, obviously yeah. the golf yeah. Smith, his performance, amazing, but um, I, I just thought it was cool seeing how, how everybody was, um, you know, so encouraging of Tiger's return and, and, and giving him that standing O. That was just special. Yeah, I, I thought mean, it was really cool. Like Max Homa and Fitzpatrick, you know, in deference to him, sort of standing back and allowing him to walk yeah. ahead, go over the bridge. He didn't stop. And I'm like thinking he didn't do that Arnie or Jack thing where he stops halfway and doffs his cap and get the photo. He went right over the bridge. In other words, like I took it the way they did. Like, hey, I might be back. This yes. might not be my last time here at the. He's old not court. giving up until he no physically can, has to be dragged off the course. Exactly like there is right. no like you know what I'm hanging it up. It's not what he plays for. Nope. Like no, nope. you're gonna have to cart him off like a Premier League uh, stretcher <laughs> <laughs> when a guy gets a little uh, broken fingernail. Yeah, but you know the 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 leaderboard, the ups and downs. You know the, the, the Adam Scott. You know uh, Cam Young. I mean, mm-hmm. between Cam Smith, Cam yeah. Young, you have Cam Champ, who's the defending champ. If you do, if you have a son and you want to play golf, just name him Cam. Right. I mean, but, right. dude, Cam Young, I mean, the guy looks like he, he's been on the tour for 20 he years. He and Scheffler look like they're 45. <laughs> they <laughs> <Yeah>. really do. <laughs> but his performance was, was absolutely incredible. And, you know, we talked about Bryson. Bryson, you yeah. know, put on a really good showing. So th- there were so many, so many cool storylines. And, and, you know, you just knew that that lead of three was not safe, right? Yeah. Uh, it gets it if it was five, like all right, but that three is almost like <laughs> an uncomfortable number. And I like how Cam Smith says he sta- he looks at the leaderboard the whole time, right? I, I feel like maybe Rory doesn't, but Cam Smith's mm-hmm. like, I want to know exactly where I am, what I have to do at all times. Yeah. And I mean, a guy is one of the one of the. I mean, if there's someone you want to emulate right now on the golf course, he is the most calm. Most comfortable looking setup and swing. There looks there. There doesn't seem to be anything forced about what he does out there. It is incredible. I mean, the mullet is crazy, but uh, it's awesome. It's rich. How are you going to grow a mullet for us? <laughs> no, I'm not growing a mullet. I grew the beard. That's it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm short. I'm shortening the hair, growing the facial hair. That's it. But you talk about Cameron Young. I tell you, yeah. that kid yeah. made a bunch of mistakes too, both on Saturday and Sunday, and still is it is there at the end. That guy has got incredible game. Uh, I look forward to, you know, I don't want him going to the live tour. You know, guys like that are what the PGA tour really needs to yeah. stay. They need to keep guys like him, but we need to get Brad Faxon to work with my guy, Jordan Spieth, because if he, if I have to see him miss another four foot putt for birdie, I'm going to, my head was going to explode. <laughs> he could have shot 63 on Sunday. If he would have made a four foot putt a few times uh, down that stretch it was agonizing. I know big props to you moves for your big win. I had Spieth. And I'm thinking, you know, I didn't give up the ghost un- until Sunday. And so I started seeing him miss some of these makeable putts. I'm like, it's over. How about the, the fact that, like, the weather was just oh, a non-factor? No wind. No wind. You're just expecting, right? <laughs> yeah. You're expecting a day of, like, oh, God. 
or like you know in the morning you go out and it's clear and in the afternoon it's a mess it was right. like so it looked so comfortable out there it was an incredible setting it really was i mean that hotel that the mannings are a part ownership rusks yeah. or something is um, that the one that they bought into yeah rusaks yep, yeah Rusex. okay i mean can you imagine oh it looks like that had to be spot. absolutely incredible sitting out on that balcony watching yeah. that just just and you know they bought into this just so they know they'd have rooms whenever 100%. they want to go over and play golf oh yeah they That's... played the day before with john daly john yeah. daly misses the cut and then the next day plays plays with the mannings and, and yeah. some other guys but awesome. i mean it's it has to be a bucket list thing i'm not going to go with harry because it would pour and, and be yeah swirly you don't want to go with me harry, yeah. go. but i would love to see the video of moose stepping up to the 17th tee <laughs> with that hotel right there to the right knowing he's got to cut a big driver to find the fairway i want to see that shot Did, now I'm, I'm guessing they had to put like bulletproof glass in those windows i would hope right? so right They're, they had to make some sort of because, I mean, it's not tour players playing out there every week. Right. right? Everyone and their mother wants to play that course from, right. from the entire world. They had to. I, I would love to know, read more into that construction of that hotel and what they did to prevent, uh, you know, a ball coming in while you're having your room yeah. service breakfast. <laughs> but just uh, just an incredible, incredible major. To me, it was, you know, one of the most exciting to watch all year and uh, just just phenomenal. Not Can't say enough about it. I put a poll up on swing it and ding it on the Twitter feed. I don't know if you saw this uh, the other day, Monday morning, I think it was heading into the playoffs. Cause I don't think any of these guys are going to play until the playoffs. Now, again, who's the player of the year? Is it Scotty Scheffler or Cam Smith or other? I mean, I threw what were the up there. I, I threw uh, Burns and I threw Xander Shawfley knowing yeah. that they're not, but just because people, you know, like to put in other yeah. Uh, I think it was Scheffler, but not by a huge margin. And I voted for Scheffler, too. He's got what what is he got four wins, including the match play in the Masters. And uh, he's been uh, he won the Phoenix Open, the Arnold Palmer Invitational match play, the Masters. He uh, was second at the U.S. Open. He was 21st at the Open at a bad Sunday round. Couldn't make a putt. Um, and he was 55th at the players. So not so good. Cam Smith wins the players, wins the tournament of champions, and he wins the open championship third at the masters 13th at the PGA and 10th at the Scottish open. I mean, you could make a case for either one of the, you know, for him too. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's, I think it's all going to come down to the playoffs at this point. Yeah. Speaking of the playoffs, our friends at Comcast business, they're going to give a couple of our listeners a chance to go with us for, uh, for one of the days, VIP style hospitality in oh, wow. Wilmington country club. So make At sure you're BMW. following you yep, yeah. for the BMW. Make sure you're following us on socials. We'll do a little contest once we get the details of which day it'll be. Um, I'm probably going to try to get out there Thursday or Friday because uh, I go on vacation uh, the next day. But um, can't wait for that. That, cool. that should be awesome. that should be tremendous. And the hospitality, I think it's right on 18, mm. um, you know, food, beverage, the whole nine. So make sure you're um, following yeah. along. <laughs> yeah, that is going to be tremendous. Um, how about some personal golf? I, I, I told Gary, uh, Gary. <laughs> Who's Gary? I told I told Harry before we started. Uh, all of my big golf plans for the next two weeks are done. I was done. supposed to go to the Hamptons and play Southampton and Maidstone. Our friend has COVID. We're not going. The oh, following no. week is our AC golf trip. That was twelve guys that went to ten, eight, five, four, nothing, which oh. was going to be four, three rounds of golf. So, but I did get to play last week at the home course Legacy with our guy Top Dog Law. Played with Top Dog and his buddy Doug Dept. Um, who after a hole started putting like the billiard style. And I oh. thought he, I thought he was like kidding. And then he just kept doing it and kept making putts. Wow. It was billiard the wildest style. Thing. Yeah. Like on the ground, hands and knees, pool cue hitting. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. That's allowed. <laughs> well, it, it was for that day. Yeah, I couldn't wow. believe how good he was putting. That's wild. But Wait, we were, so like, we were like putter grip. He yeah. Was? Yep. Like putter grip hitting it like that. Yeah. Wow. Laying, laying down that on the greens. On the <laughs> and we were all kind of like, it was early morning. We were, and then all of a sudden we we're like, all right, why don't we gamble a little bit? And we played a uh, banker. Have you ever played banker? No, I never have. But someone's a banker. It's pretty cool. And you, you pick like, all right, it's going to be a $5 hole or a $2 hole. And the first guy that tees off at before the ball lands, you could say double it. Right. So if mm -hmm. I hit a, if I like my drive, I could be like, oh, double it. Then the next guy that comes up, he hits his drive and he could say the same thing, double it. So it increases, you know, the, the pot. Once we started doing that, then we started hitting pars and like having fun. But uh, yeah, I, I, I mentioned Rolling Green. I'm, I'm playing in an outing courtesy of Under Armour um, on Monday at Rolling Green. So I'm excited about that. But Danielle, wow. I know you have bigger fish to fry this week. So I'm sure your clubs did not make it up to this area. Clubs are not here. Anymore. <laughs> no, schedule's jam-packed. Um, I go home for one day, and then I go up to, to Detroit for the Rocket Mortgage. So um, my clubs might collect dust in the next month here, unfortunately. So no no Minneapolis for you, huh? No. Um, you know, if it were my choice, I probably uh, would actually be going out there. But my bridesmaids and family has put together a bridal shower that I have to be at on Saturday. But I did let them know. Need a There's TV. Be a TV there, so <laughs> yeah. it'll be a tea party um, <laughs> per se, where I will just be watching golf for the majority of the time. Yeah, <laughs> rooting for Brandon. Obviously, got a got a sponsor's exemption into the 3M. We'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, Harriet, how about your personal golf game? What's going on? Yeah, I was uh, able to get out to Bala Golf Club uh, on Monday with uh, one of their assistant pros. Happens to be uh, pretty tight with the show, and said, "Hey, why don't you come on out?" uh and play around we got uh we got done in like like three hours just a, a tidy quick round it's a par 68 a very cool golf course i'll tell you a lot of dog legs and small mm -hmm. you talk about small greens and small targets you want to go work on your That's wedge a fun game. play isn't it i'll tell you yeah you were out there a couple of weeks yeah, ago yeah. and uh so you know exactly what i'm talking it's a about a minute but, from my office one right, minute right off city line avenue yeah. in belmont uh, uh belmont <laughs> And uh, so it was, we had some real uh, good fun there on Monday. And today I'm heading up to a public course outside uh, Phillipsburg, New Jersey, uh, up across the river from the Lehigh Valley called Architects. And all the holes oh. are, you know, are I, famous. You, know, you have? Yeah. I, yes, I played there once played before. It. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. And I just went up there. We couldn't get on anywhere a little bit ago. Like you said, each hole was named after and kind of redesigned after like a right. famous hole. Old like Tom Morris is the first hole the guy from, wow. the, from the old course. So yeah, it's, it's a sweet spot. It's cool. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Tremendous. Tremendous. So, it, you know, it has to be tough to have the, uh, the outing after a major, right? It always is, yeah. but it's a great venue. The 3M open TPC twin cities, uh, former winners, Matt Wolf, Cam champ. We talked about, um, mm -hmm. you know, and we talked about our friend, Brandon Matthews, who has a right. sponsor's exemption into this. I mean, the, the, the DraftKings board is insane. Like they're uh, Tony Finau, uh, you know, 1100. He's the like, favorite. There's no value. It's going to be no. Mav McNeely's third at plus 1600. Like yeah. this is going to be a tough one. I like something a little bit further. We'll talk about that, but uh, you excited to watch this event here? Yeah, I am I, actually, and especially because, you know, uh, Brandon's going to be playing and hopefully getting some TV time, uh, at least in the first two days. And I've got him making the cut and uh, finishing in the top 40. But yeah, this is a 
this is a, a, a cool golf course. You know, I love these TPCs. It's a lot of water. It almost looks like, like minus the, the type of grass, like you took a golf course out of Florida and plopped it right in the middle of Minnesota because there's so many water hazards and so forth. Uh, so a lot of risk reward. Um, you got to be able to, you know, find the fairway. Putting is going to be it's a key every week, but it's really a key at this place because you're you got to make birdies. OK, you got to look at guys that make a lot of birdies. You know, they're going to have a chance this week. I'm you know, I'm staying away from Tony Finau. Tony Finau's won twice in his freaking career and he's the favorite. Well, that ought to tell you, you know, all you need to know. I'm taking Davis Riley, uh, who is a great young player, uh, has been knocking on the door here like for that. the last couple of months. I got him in a top 10. It's only plus 250, but winning it plus 2200. And he, he's my one and done play this week. JT Poston, who won a couple of weeks ago and. uh and uh, John Deere, that's a TPC course. He can putt the eyes out of it. Top 10 at plus 350 looks good to me. Adam Long is a name that's you know down the board, not too far, where you're starting to think like somebody knows something. Adam Long's going to play well this week. <laughs> Top 10 plus yep. 275. And I got Brandon in a T40 at plus th- uh, 130. And a bunch of matchups. Adam Svensson, Poston, and Riley I'm taking in matchups head-to-heads as well. Danielle, tell, tell Brandon Moose likes uh, Brandon a little more because I got him in a top 20. Harry oh, you do? Him. Okay. Yeah, Harry, is it, it's oh, oh, I don't know. Well, oh, Michael yeah, Breed doesn't even think he's going to make the cut. So there you go. Yeah, who's that you know? guy? I know. I yeah. want him to use that as motivation. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, we, as we continue to see the line, Harry, I like that Davis Riley play. Yeah, like some of these guys are just way too expensive. I think yeah. for me, this is going to be after day one, day two. I'll start firing in. But I like Sahith Degala at 2,200. That's a pretty yeah. good number. And then a couple other ones like Fratelli in a top five at plus 1,200. Mm-hmm. Mateus Schwab at plus 650 for a top 10. And I'm going to go long shot, 100 to one to win. Stu Sink. Oh, wow. Way down the board. I know he's been a little bit off, but I don't know. I just have a little bit of feeling. I'm going to see if I can keep riding this hot hand. So, mm. uh, Danielle, we know we're not going to get into the gambling side with you because of obvious conflicts. But um, what are uh, what are you hearing about the course? What a, a Brandon, you know, I know club selection is a lot for a guy who hits it so long. It's very important for him. What are some things you're hearing about this upcoming event? You know, it's crazy. Brandon, um I guess he's fortunate enough to get uh, enough, you know, media coverage and everything else. So he actually had to withdraw from the corn Ferry event last year. I'm sorry, last week, um, because they were in a rain delay. So he was, I think like T 40. So he's like six strokes back or something, but he had to make the decision. He's like, what do I do? I have to play in the Monday program. I'm on the sponsor's exemption and I need to make it to Minnesota. There was only like a Southwest flight out at like 11 o'clock at night. And it was like likely to be delayed or miss it. And then he would have missed his obligation. So he had a WD uh, from the corn Ferry event and then drove to Minnesota. And as soon as he got there, um, he had to play a six hour pro-am, but he said he likes the course. It sets up well for him. Uh, He's enjoying his time there, but it's just, I haven't really, our schedules have both been so busy. I haven't really gotten the chance to talk to him about the course. Uh, If drivers, I'm assuming drivers remaining in the bag this week, but Mm -hmm. anything about his thoughts, his approach, anything at all. So I've actually heard most uh, of his comments just from my Google alerts that I get. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is like you said, Harry, there's a lot of water, but it doesn't necessarily always come into play if the wind is not bad. So I think with, with some wider fairways, I think that's why you see Finau shooting up the board, but uh, Mm. 
it'll be interesting to see if there is some if there is some wind because there you know there tends to be uh, on this course, but should yeah. be a good one to watch. Now that story was great there because everybody that listens to this thinks all these guys zip around in private planes everywhere they go, and here you got a guy who had to withdraw from a tournament because he had to be a certain place at a certain time. He had to drive a rental car. Yes, that's the see. That's that's what this tour is all about. What that's was life on tour? Why was why did Cam Smith fly home with the with the Claret jug in in an overhead? Like I I can't believe he's not on a private private plane coming home. Well, he's he's making a case for that live jet. I guess he is. Yeah. I guess he is. Wants <laughs> his own jet. Well, right. listen, episode one hundred. This was a blast. You know, some of the things that Brad Faxon said. I want to go back oh, and listen. Great. I mean, obviously, Danielle, you said it. He said he's gutted, but he also said this is a hostile takeover, right? Mm-hmm. With Norman, this isn't like, hey, I want to play along and play nice. Yes, he says that, but that's not what this is. So. Really, really insightful things from him. The master of putting. Man, mm. if you can get your putting down, it makes things so much better. And I think I'm going to go see our boy, Corey Riley, and get a putter fitting because I'm all over the place. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> get one of those L.A. golf putters. It's like, you know, you got that kind of money. I need to check out bucks those, for a putter. Check out those Makefield putters. That's what I there need you to go. check out. No doubt about it. Well, thank hey, you, guys. Bring in our sponsor. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Hopefully I get out there to swing and ding it. I know I will on Monday, at least at Rolling Green, but everyone else enjoy their week. We'll talk to you next week. Give it a listen, swing it and ding it. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.